Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Just really grateful you're here with us this morning, especially if you're joining us online. Welcome. As uh, Andrew said, we are in a series right now called The Gospel of Wholeness. I'm curious, uh, just raise your hands. Is this maybe the first time for some of you that you've gone through this material? Just raise your hand if it's your first time going through this. Okay, that's really good to see. That's awesome. Well, Danny Meyer, one of our founding pastors, he developed this approach really as a tool to help people find health and wholeness as they grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, it's not really novel, or new necessarily, it's just biblical. And as he said, he probably could have picked other verses, but this helps to create this framework for how to become more and more like Jesus, which is something we call in the church sanctification. And that's just a lifelong process of being changed and transformed by God from the inside out. Now today, we're gonna be looking at the fifth concept in the gospel of wholeness. Uh, But before we do, let me just pray and invite the Lord to be with us this morning. We do, we just ask, come Holy Spirit, Lord, would you uh, just meet with us today? And through your word and by your power, God, would you deposit in our hearts and in our minds truth that really makes a difference in our lives. We invite you just to have your way, let your kingdom come, and may you be glorified this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hopefully you have been able to come each week uh, because, as we've said, these concepts build on each other. But if you've missed any, don't worry. Uh, We have them online on our website, but we also have outlines that you can either download or pick up at the info counter, and we have cards that have all eight key verses and concepts on them. Really great to maybe put in your Bible or in your wallet or maybe your car or something. Uh, Last week, Andrew left us with quite a cliffhanger. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) And uh, we've now covered truths one through four, which is great. We've started with what? The common problem is sin. Number two, identifying those empty wells, those areas in our lives where we look to for security, identity, purpose, satisfaction, which really only God can give us. And then sowing and reaping from last week where we talked more about the effects of sin and then turning the corner where having identified and talked about the problem of sin in these previous weeks, we're now turning the corner and we're moving toward the solution in these next couple weeks. So turning the corner really is an important springboard for our key concept today as the key verse in Turning the Corner says, Colossians 2, 6, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in your, to live your lives in him. Another translation actually says, as you receive Christ, so walk with him. So you could even paraphrase it, the way you got saved is the way you get sanctified. The way you got saved is the way you get sanctified. Really, there is no scriptural separation between these two concepts. It is really us that have separated salvation from sanctification. 
And I know that we can get, especially in the church, a little focused on getting into, you know, our relationship with Jesus, almost to the point where we really don't know what it looks like to walk that out. Salvation is how God, through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, saves us from sin and its consequences, right? Now, it's how we experience the transformative power of the gospel in our lives. But that's not just a once and done thing, isn't it? It's not just one and done. It's the same for sanctification. There shouldn't be any separation between these two. It should be a continuation that lifelong process of just one step in front of the other, being transformed by God from the inside out as we journey with Jesus. So if getting saved, if the way we get saved is the way we get sanctified, then that really begs the question, how do we get saved? Not just what is salvation, but how do we get saved? So let me ask it this way, our people, saved because they're just really good people. Yeah? Really good people. They are, you know, clean themselves up, you know, they've become acceptable to God and then he saves them. Hmm? Okay, do we become saved by just hanging out at church? You know, rubbing up against other Christians, maybe by osmosis? (laughs) Or maybe you think that, well, it's because I grew up in a Christian family. You know, that I'm just kind of, you know, I automatically get grandfathered into the kingdom of God because, you know, my parents were Christians and I went to church. See, how you view salvation, how you view salvation directly impacts how you walk out this journey with Jesus. Did you earn it or was it a free gift? It so matters. Uh, Timothy Keller says this, he says, God's salvation does not come in response to a changed life. A changed life comes in response to the salvation offered as a free gift. Now let's read what Paul says in our key verse for today about salvation in Ephesians 2, verses eight through nine. It's a famous verse for it is by grace You have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. See, what Paul is saying here in Ephesians, he's saying we're saved by what? By grace, through faith, not as a result of something we've done, not as a result of osmosis, not as a result of being born into the right family, but he's saying we're saved by God's grace through faith. So what does that really mean? Let's unpack that for a second here. Grace, what is grace? Grace is simply God doing for us or in us or to us what we could never do for ourselves, what we could never do for ourselves. Grace is undeserved divine favor. And really, it's, it's doing good to someone who deserves the opposite at great cost to the giver. Grace is what God does on our behalf, the things that we couldn't do no matter how hard we tried, how much work we put into it. Grace is a gift. It is a gift. I've heard it said that grace is the active presence of God in our lives. It is a gift So then what is faith? What is faith? Well, in the Bible, we see faith 
is encapsulated by a variety of words, words like belief or trust or confidence or reliance or allegiance. Faith is leaning on God, believing in mind and heart in what God says and trusting, right? Trusting in him. Quaker uh, Elton Trueblood, who he was a chaplain at Stanford and a philosopher. Um, he was there at Stanford for many, many years. He says, faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservations. Ooh. Faith is more than just what's in your mind, a concept. No, it's, it, faith is an action. Faith is an action. You put your faith in God. It is something that you do. And as you know, this famous quote, John Wimber likes to always say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's something we do. Now, here's a picture of, <clears throat> hopefully a helpful picture, of how grace and faith work. Uh, you, anyone here seen Back to the Future? Hey, hey. That's a good one. Uh, when Marty McFly is trying to escape from the bullies, you remember, he grabs his skateboard and then grabs the bumper of a car so he can escape. So think of this picture. Um, if you grabbed a car and you're on a skateboard, and let's say you wrap your messenger bag strap around the bumper so you know, it's, you're not going anywhere and you're strapped in. Uh, what if, let's say, so as you're moving along, as you're moving along, what is really causing you to move? What is causing you to move? Is it the skateboard? Is it the strap that's holding you onto the bumper? Or is it the car? It's the car, isn't it, right? Grace is the power. Grace is the power. Faith is just the strap, a way of receiving or channeling God's gift as we just receive and respond to God's grace. It isn't that strap that is getting me where I need to go. Hmm? but it is the power of grace moving me along in this life. It's not even the quality of my feelings of faith toward God. It is a gift. Faith itself is a gift of God's grace that we exercise, that we develop and use. In the end, it is not about holding on to Jesus with all your own strength. It is that you have strapped yourself to him. It is that you have surrendered to him. It is that you have given control to Jesus. It is not a matter of grip. It is a matter of grace. It is a matter of grace. What does that old hymn say? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. So we are saved by grace. God doing what we could not do on our own through simply believing, by trusting, by relying on, by leaning on God. In Galatians 3.3, it says in the message paraphrase, let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you gonna go just continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. Ah, so salvation, 
by definition, is begun by God. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. And it's not by what we've done. It's not something we can manipulate or maneuver, right? We were saved by something that God did on our behalf that we did not deserve, that we did not earn, and it wasn't something that we made happen. This is so important. It was supernatural. It was God's work, apprehended by faith, leaning on, trusting on what he did. I want you to just take a moment to remember, maybe for some of you, your conversion story. Just remember that, that first time when you gave your life to Christ. You know, I, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Boy, I knew all the Bible stories, you know, those felt characters, the felt board, you know, I was really good at those. Uh, but I didn't really know God, uh, not until one night, one night when God gave this little seven-year-old girl a vision of Jesus dying on the cross. I'll tell you, it wasn't a PG version. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. As a little girl, I remember seeing Jesus in incredible pain. And I remember this voice just coming in my mind, like not an audible voice, but just words over and over in my head saying, Heather, I did this for you. Heather, I did this for you. And I, you know, of course, started just crying. And I, but I didn't want anyone to be in that kind of pain for me. And so I ran into my mom's room and, and I told her what I saw, what I heard. And, and she explained what I knew I had heard before, but hadn't really heard like this before. And she led me in a simple salvation prayer. I mean, God had opened my heart that night, my eyes to see and know, even at a young age, what he had done for me. Now, I know that you know, maybe for you, not every conversion story is like that. Um, we have lots of different stories and experiences, but that's what happened to me. And, and over the years, it has been that exact same process of growing in relationship, really the same way that it began. You know, him opening my heart, showing me, speaking to me about his love and his rescue, day in, day out. I am convinced that both biblically and personally, no matter your conversion story, that salvation is supernatural. It is supernatural. You know, when I got saved, just like with every one of you, it was because of what God did what God did. And what he did had in heaven, he did something in heaven that had an earthly effect on me that night. And on earth here, I simply, what did I do? I just simply responded and prayed a simple prayer of faith that had a heavenly effect. In other words, that night by God, by his grace, opened my eyes to my need for him. And when I gave my life to Jesus, he gave me forgiveness of sins and he gave me his life in return. And there was something that occurred between heaven and earth that night. And this is what we refer to as an exchange, an exchange. And, and really exchange just means an act of giving one thing and receiving another in return. And it comes from the, the Latin ex, meaning out, and cumbrere, which means change or substitute. Our salvation was a supernatural change out, a change out of lives, an exchange. And this really is the key concept for this weekend, for this truth. It's supernatural exchanges, 
supernatural exchanges. You know, Danny tells this beautiful illustration of this concept, and and really it's too good not to share, so I'm going to try to tell it like Danny does. Uh, Danny grew up, if you know, in New York City, and every weekend his grandfather would take the train from his home on one side of the city to where Danny and his family lived on the other. And, and little Danny would go you know, down to the train station where his grandfather would get off the train and he would run up to him and greet him as any little kid would. And, and his grandfather would then reach into his pocket and he would pull out you know, like a candy bar or a pack of gum or maybe sometimes a silver dollar. And, and Danny would just look at it and his grandfather would just lean down and goes, you know, you, would you want it? Do you want it? You know, and he'd say, well, what are you going to give me for it? You know, and, and Danny, he would reach into his little pockets, you know, and pull out like a little scrap piece of paper or a crust of bread, you know, from lunch or, or maybe some lint from his pocket. And, and he'd kind of hold it out and, and his grandfather would look down and at that little piece of lint, he'd say, oh, that's a mighty fine piece of lint you got there. You know, you want to trade? And, and Danny would give him the lint and, and his grandfather would give him the candy bar or whatever in exchange. And I mean, this went on week after week, year after year, so much so that Danny began to feel guilty as he got older, thinking, huh, this poor man doesn't realize he's always getting the bad part of the steal. <laughs> he's the one always getting the better part with the candy bar. But years later, the Lord told him, this is how I want you to relate to me. I want you to take those things in your life that have no value, that are worthless, that you don't need, and I want you to give it to me. And in exchange, I want to give you what only I could give that has great, great value. I mean, this really is our normal Christian life. And this is how we got saved but by God doing something we couldn't do, you know, for ourselves. But it's also this supernatural exchange between heaven and earth on a daily basis. It's how we get sanctified. It's how God works with us in areas of sin, um, even the sins committed against us. We take these incidences, these, these memories, these patterns in our life even, whether it's, again, our sin or maybe something that's been done against us, and we bring them to the Lord. And we say, Lord, this is really causing me pain. This is causing me to trip up in my life, right? This is, I'm seeing really bad fruit from this stuff in my life. And, and we give it to him. And in exchange, he breaks the power of those things in our lives. This is what we are meant to do in our walk with Jesus. And I know this, this may be a bit of a new concept, you know, sure, we recognize maybe that salvation is supernatural, but when it comes to sanctification or growing in Jesus, oh, how many people talk to us about, well, you just got to do it yourself. You know, God will bless what you do, or that it's rooted or rested in my own effort, my own will, my own determination, pull myself up by my bootstraps, you know, just be a better Christian. It's all this self-led effort but that is not ever going to actually cause lasting change in our lives. Some of us have tried. I mean, we've really, really tried. It's, it's not ever going to get to the root of the problem in our lives. But it is the power of God. It is the grace of God at work in our lives that we start to see lasting change. Our relationship with God, it is meant to be as Danny says, you know, intimate, an intimate personal relationship 
where we grow in our ability to hear and recognize God's voice. This is a big part of our walk with Jesus, where we grow in our ability to understand what he's saying to us, especially about those areas in our lives. And I know when I start talking about hearing God's voice, I mean, some of you are automatically gonna be like, well, that's for people like, you know, Heather on the stage, or that's for, you know, Michael. But that's just, I just don't, I, I don't get that part of my relationship with God. And that's okay that you think that way, but it's just not true. It's not biblical. Do you know what's not biblical? In Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34, it actually says that under the new covenant, covenant, which we are now under, everyone will know God from the least to the greatest, every single one of us. Let me just read verses 33 through 34. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Wow, he's gonna, he's gonna put it on our minds and hearts. This is how he speaks to us. If we're to move on with Christ in this walk, in this life, then we have to do it in the same way we came to Christ. It is supposed to be these supernatural exchanges where you know the power for the healing that we're looking for, the power for wholeness comes as we take our own sin, our brokenness, our questions, our anguish, our confusion, and we lay it at the Lord's feet and we say, Lord, this is what I am feeling. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. And I give this to you. What do you have to say about it? What do you have to say about this? And the power and the exchange takes place as God begins to speak to us, as he begins to deposit and give us what we do not deserve that freedom, that life, that wholeness that we long for, that satisfaction. It is, as we would assume, so supernatural just as salvation was supernatural. Now lastly, sanctification, it is the result of two things at work, and this is important to cover. It is the result of two things, our will and his power our will and his power. First, let's look at that first part. Someone once said the responsibility is simply our response to his ability. I like that. It's not that my will gets me sanctified, but it's my response, my willing response to what only he can do. Are we willingly saying to Jesus, you know what? I don't want this addiction in my life anymore. I don't want to continue to trip over the carpet or react or have these emotional reflexes taking a hold of my life. I know I can't do anything about this on my own, so I give it to you. I throw it on you. Won't you come and supernaturally deal with it? This is a, this is a willing kind of heart that says, Lord, I need you. I need you. Come. And really, we need to come to that place where we are saying, I cannot change my life. This is not about me doing this on my own effort at all, but it is engaging our will and praying, God, I know that I can't change my life. Not permanently anyway, not in a lasting way anyway. I can't deal with these sins on my own anymore. 
but even the ones against sins against me, uh, committed against me, or even just the brokenness of this world. Lord, I want to make an exchange with you. I am desperate. Jesus, pull back the carpet. Begin to clean out what I've swept underneath, either because I didn't recognize it was sin or because I didn't know how to deal with it. And come, begin to deal with it today. See, this is the kind of prayer that shows us, or the exercise of our will, really, in response to his grace, right? Trusting in his goodness, his power, and his grace to come in our lives and do what only he can do. Now, the second part of this is his power. So sanctification is a result of our will, and lastly, his power. And in 1 Thessalonians 1-5, it says, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. It really reminds me of the story of, of Peter walking on the water. You remember this story? In the gospels, Peter is you know, sitting on the boat and, and he sees Jesus and Jesus is walking on the water towards him and the other disciples. And what does Peter say? He's, he says, can I come to you? Can I come to you? And Jesus is like, yes. And then what does Jesus do? Does he levitate Peter off the boat and bring him to him on the water? No, no. What Peter had to do was Peter had to put a foot over the side of the boat, right? He had to lower himself down. And, and not because he thought, well, I have a lot of power, so I can do this. That's not what he thought. Peter hadn't been practicing water walking on the side and like really wanted to impress Jesus with his water walking skills. Like that's not what's happening here, right? This is him trusting, putting faith in God's power, in God's power. And so he steps over the side of the boat and probably to his great surprise, his foot hits the water and he doesn't sink. And then he takes another step, throws his other leg around the boat and, and, and steps down and realizes, I'm not sinking. I mean, this is God's grace, right? Taken a hold of by faith. Well, in closing, I wanna invite the worship team to come on back up and I wanna close with this story. I recently experienced this uh, whole concept of supernatural exchanges in my own life. Uh, a couple months ago, I was hitting a wall, uh, a wall of hurt and disappointment, uh, really that had been there for years. Ever been there? Yeah, ever felt stuck? Ever felt frustrated? That night, after years of trying to just fix this area of my life, and make it better on my own, I was at a point of just, I don't know, utter just frustration. And I gave up. I just gave up. I finally, finally just surrendered. And in tears that night, I remember where I was sitting, <laughs> I was just crying and I'm like, God, you have got to take this area of my life. You have got to, I am done. I am so done with hitting my head against the same wall. But then I realized, I said, you know what, Lord, though, really, you've got to take all of it, though. You've got to take all my expectations. You've got to take all my hopes. You've got to take all my dreams in this area. I have made this good thing into something made in my own image, made from my own ideals, and it is not working anymore. And I was just at a place where I was at the end of myself. Ever been there? where you're just at the end 
And I'm sitting there with my hands open like this. And the Lord just sweetly, sweetly met me. And I would say in that moment of deliverance, these words went through my head. And he said, now, now your hands are truly empty. And now they can receive my heart for this area of your life. And it is something far better than what you've held on to for years. I mean, in that moment, I had to die to something that I had built up in my heart and in my mind, this empty well, <laughs> and in desperation, completely surrendering to Christ, all my hopes, my dreams, trusting that in that moment he would deliver me, he would help me. And then almost unexpectedly, what he gave me in exchange was a promise of something so much sweeter. But now, guided not by my control or timetable, but by his, by his. Maybe for you today, you realize you have never made that supernatural exchange before and by faith really just believed and responded to God's invitation for salvation. I mean, maybe even now he is opening your eyes to something you haven't seen before. He's opening your heart maybe to the reality of his love and sacrifice for you. Would you respond today? Would you respond today and say yes to Jesus and invite him in to lead your life? I really encourage you, if, if you make that decision today, to tell someone, tell a friend or even a pastor or someone up front that's praying for you, that we can bless the decision that you've made this morning. It's a big deal. You know, God is so trustworthy. He is so able able to take those walls that we keep hitting and turning them into launching pads for something far, far greater. Is it hard? Yes. <laughs> is it humbling? Oh, heck yes. But it is so much better than something we could ever have tried to do on our own. I want to just tag something else onto this story that I just shared, which really is just a testimony to God's power the very next day, something had shifted in me. I could tell there was something different, right? There was something that shifted, a supernatural shift inside of me. And I kid you not, something that afternoon happened that would usually have launched me into another tailspin, but instead it was like it bounced right off me and landed on the floor. It had absolutely no power over me. And I walked away with eyes as wide as saucers going, usually that would have just wrecked me, but now it has no power over me. And I realized something had shifted, supernaturally had shifted in my life because I had given this area, all of it, all of it, all the strings attached to the Lord. And it was evidence of God's grace and power at work in my life. And, and I tell you this story. It's not easy to share these stories, but I tell you this story because it is important for you to know that no one is beyond the reality of supernatural exchanges in their lives. This is something we never get beyond on this side of heaven. We need to normalize making these exchanges with God. They are our constant day-to-day -day surrender of faith in the power and the goodness of God.
Well, these next two weeks are going to be extremely practical as we dive into more of what it looks like to make these supernatural exchanges. It is a skill that we can learn, and it is a skill that we're going to talk about more, and we're going to be talking even practically about how to just reestablish that connection to Christ. And that doesn't mean you don't know him, but that we are going to be able to connect more in such a way that we are experiencing his provision through his power. And I really, we've got to remember, especially just what we've learned today, that that invitation for us, for all of us, is that as we have received him, so let us walk in him. Let us walk in him. Well, let's go ahead and stand. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.